0: Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead, episode 34, where nobody puts a baby in a corner.
1: How are you doing today, Bray? Wishing it weren't so windy. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I'm British. We have to talk about the weather. It is horrible. Apparently, we've got storm Kiara or Kira. I think it's Kiara. Mm -hmm. And um, we've got really strong winds. My Mm -hmm. mum had to tie her bin lid on with string.
0: Well, see, I'm from South Carolina and people in South Carolina routinely do that because there's things called raccoons that they get in there and they pull stuff out and they just drag trash all over through the place. So and if you don't put your bins, as you say, we call them just trash cans. If you don't put them away, like locked up or raccoons will get into it and drag your trash everywhere. So
1: the stream have, seems... We don't have raccoons. Yeah, we say that. My mom had a mallet an know. iron mallet it's like a thors hammer <laughs> it's shaped oh like oh hammer. a mallet ma- ma- i thinking it was an animal of some sort and i'm like i've no, never heard of one my mum has <laughs> my mum has a mallet on top of her bin normally would actually not deter a raccoon. yeah but we don't have raccoons <laughs> right i'm just saying but
0: if 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 you did <laughs> you or we don't yeah we just raccoons. Have,
1: <laughs> we just have strong winds occasionally unless you're sitting near one of my colleagues who likes to have his own strong winds in the office well but we, we don't need to go there
0: no maybe not that sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> i'm not inflicted just, yeah no i understand well we were going to talk
1: about a movie today we are indeed what movie are we talking about we're talking about one of my favorites from the 80s and i was the no 12 no I was Uh no I was 12 when this came out was I 13 I might have been 13 just dirty dancing yeah we're talking 86 87 87
0: 87 okay okay and uh I think Patrick Swayze sort of exploded onto the screen
1: with this one right oh yeah that's the thing watching it I watched it I rewatched it this morning and when I was a teenager I didn't look at him and think for my mum did but I mm-hmm. didn't and I just couldn't understand what she saw in him why she liked him because I was in my um Ralph Macchio Michael J Fox River Phoenix phase as mm-hmm. most teenage girls were at that time I suppose now the, pre-teens at least yeah, yeah pre-teens and early 20s. teens yeah, yeah and tweens. early teens yeah but watching it today it was like Oh, I can see what she liked, and she was younger than me when this film came out. Um, But looking at it now, it's like, yeah, I can see it. (laughs) I can totally see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's kind of like I've
0: been thinking a lot recently about male gaze and female gaze and all that stuff, but we don't really need to get into a bunch of that. But no. But this movie to me does seem so. It seems kind of female gazy to me um, because, you know, they cast, they cast him and it's about
1: dancing and. Oh and a man God. who can dance.
0: R- right. <laughs> and he can move his hips in ways that. Hmm, oh, yeah.
1: See, as I said, when I was a 13 year old, I wasn't looking at it going, whoa. Now, as a <clears throat> something year old, I'm looking at it going, ooh, now I know what she liked about it. Because I remember te- um, me and my sister were so into this film when it came out on on video. We had the video mm-hmm. and it had um, the sort of pink purple casing to it and everything else. It looked mm-hmm. different to every other video case that came out at that time. Mm-hmm. And me and my sister made my brother learn the dance. <laughs> Not with the lift and everything, but the um, merengue and the the steps and everything and now my brother is actually learning ballroom dancing well
0: that's handy and so you've helped him later in life
1: yeah we have just a bit though he didn't like it at the time he was 12 you, d- you I don't suppose. say <laughs> I yeah know. don't
0: say i pro- he probably didn't see the point
1: <laughs> oh i have no doubt
0: <laughs> okay so this podcast is about romance so talk to us a little bit about the romance in this thing
1: I, as you see, you were talking about the female gaze and I honestly think that there is, there are elements of romance in the film, but it's not Mm. completely about the romance. It's about the class divide.
0: Mm. Interesting. Okay.
1: Okay. I was, um, there is that element of romance between baby and Johnny. Mm
0: -hmm. I find
1: the name baby is so insulting, but then Mm -hmm. it's. I suppose it's harking back to the time and
0: it's not Though I mean it is but it doesn't because this movie is supposed to be set in 1963 or so yeah
1: I think so okay
0: and in my experience parents called kids at least in my family, they called us baby all the time. I mean, and it was really frustrating as a 12 year old, 13, 14, 15, baby come here. And I'm like, I'm not a baby. Right. But it is a parental way of infantilizing a child who is growing up. And for her, for her, in a lot of ways, I think it was worse because she's like developing into a woman and it's not just and it's everybody right she's baby to everybody and that yeah everybody calls baby, her baby yeah.
1: including her older sister who you'd have thought right. if it was just the way of infantilizing they'd have right. called her baby first because right. she is the older one
0: right but that's what i'm saying it's worse for her because they've decided that that's her name and that's like permanently infantilizing it's her, her. it's her identity it's just, yeah it's not even it's not even a. it's not even an endearment it's just that's her name and that's horrible.
1: But at the same Fine. time, they're putting adult responsibilities on her and adult yeah. expectations yeah. because you've got her dad saying, Oh, you disappointed me yeah, and everything. However, she plays up to it a little bit. Sure. When she play, when she asks him, when she asks her dad for money yeah, and she's like, no, I'd never lie to you, daddy. Yep. So she plays into that. But at the same time, she is playing very, very grown up games with Johnny, who Mm -hmm. still thinking, "Whoa, he can dance. Um, I watched a really interesting, there's a series on Netflix, which is, this is tied into this. And it was talking about movies of the 80s and movies of our, I suppose, our formative years. And they had Die Hard, Dirty Dancing, um, Ghostbusters and Home Alone. Yeah, and if you're a Gen
0: we, Xer, right. If you're a Gen Xer.
1: Yeah, if you're a Gen Xer like us. Um and Dirty Dancing nearly didn't get made. And when they were starting to look at the audition pieces, Patrick Swayze nearly didn't get the role because he never mentioned anywhere that he was a classically trained dancer. Uh-huh. Though he is, or was, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Though he was a classically trained dancer.
0: And I I remember knowing that he was classically trained when I watched that movie as a kid. And I don't know why I know it, but I did. It probably was something that was,
1: it probably was something that was used in the publish in the promotional materials. However, when he was auditioning for the role, he didn't nearly didn't get it because he hadn't put anything about his dance training on the actual, on his CV. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, he'd been doing action movies and things, hadn't he? Because he was in another movie with Jennifer Grey, and they apparently really disliked each other initially on set.
0: No, that's what I've read too, but not. I try not to. I try actually not to read a lot of those things. Well, no, that's the thing. Wanna... I didn't
1: read it. I watched it in this pro. This program was. Um, mm-hmm. They interviewed a load of the cast who are still alive. Though Jennifer yeah. Grey wasn't in it.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: she wasn't in the program but they interviewed them the woman who wrote the script the woman who initially proposed it a load of the people that were trying to get it greenlit and everything else so it was it was interesting and it Mm. made me I hadn't seen Dirty Dancing in years when I watched it Mm. today (laughs) really years yet I was still able to without fail say oh this is where this song comes up." <laughs> I was watching it. So it's like, oh, this is where hungry eyes starts. And I remember this bit and you do get that. I think the romance for me wasn't so much the film itself, it was more my memories of it.
0: Fair, fair, fair. fair. Well, let me say this. I think and this may not be a particularly particularly popular opinion. I think that so much of this movie's success is actually owed to its soundtrack.
1: Oh yeah, the soundtrack's incredible.
0: Um like and they I, had I just struggles do. getting that. Yeah, I just think that there's so much of this movie is is member remembered and um of enjoyed because they picked the right music for it. And if you pick the wrong music, you can you can you can heard a film.
1: Oh big yeah, time. that is very true. So, um, I think a lot of movies these days, that's one of the things that I find quite sad is so many films these days don't have that big soundtrack to them anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, even Top Gun, which is not romance by the way. Um,
1: but well, there are elements of romance in it on there. I yeah, mean, I, oh, I honestly yeah, can't say cause I've heard the soundtrack, but it's Tom Cruise. So I won't have seen it.
0: <laughs> right. But, Tom Cruise in, um, in Top Gun, the soundtrack is, to a large degree, what makes that film.
1: Well, it's Kenny Loggins.
0: But, and there are a lot of things all that time. But anyway, the things like, there's some quintessentially, like, you hear that song, and it brings you back to that piece of film, whether it's Top Gun, or Dirty Dancing, or Footloose. Or any other, yeah. I mean, they're just going to be like, Oh, that movie. Right. Whereas there are some, there are some movies that their soundtrack is just completely, you know, unimportant really.
1: It's almost like it's been your memories demoted. of the movie.
0: Yeah. To your memories of the movie, the soundtrack doesn't do anything, but I cannot for the life of me here. Dun, 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 without knowing Star Wars. Right. Okay. The Imperial March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't, that's what I'm saying. I just can't, there. There are some movies that you just cannot divorce the soundtrack from. And to me, this is one of them
1: yeah but i think that they did that intentionally i mean oh, they, they needed an incredible soundtrack and absolutely. apparently they had a lot of battles in getting it because they needed to get the rights for existing published music for a film right. that they didn't even actually know they were going to get the finance for so right. it wasn't a case of oh this is going to be super super easy and it's going to be really quick but they Mm -hmm. picked the right soundtrack. And I think, as you said, soundtracks are really important. And there are a couple of songs on there you you listen to and it's, you can't listen to the time of my life without seeing the end dance routine Mm -hmm. in your head. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And everybody knows that that comes right after the awful Kellerman song, which I now cannot get out of my head. Um, And it comes after the probably the most famous line in the movie ever, (laughs) which we've titled this episode after. So I don't think anybody doesn't know it (laughs) saying that I was at Christmas, we play games in my family and we were playing this game. And my answer that I had to get everybody to guess without giving the answer away was dirty dancing. So I said, Mm -hmm. I carried a watermelon. And that was the response I got. Crickets.
0: I, I wouldn't have known. Sorry. That's...
1: It's how she first meets Johnny. Yeah. He's carrying a watermelon to the party. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I, and I, I wouldn't got... have thought
0: that for that game. I yeah, just said I've had the time of my life.
1: Yeah, I couldn't do that either. Can't be Why? massively obvious. It has to be something that's going to give it away, but not give it away. It was kind of like... Who, um, who makes that rule? It was the art. It was kind, again, kind of like articulate. And the yeah, but who gets was, to decide if something's
0: too obvious or not?
1: Well, my entire family would have probably gone. Ah, that was too easy. So I used the one that was in my head, and it literally was crickets. No joke. They all just looked at me. How are we meant to guess that? Oh my god. How many see, times did we watch it as kids? Yeah, see I wouldn't have I
0: don't think I watched that movie as many times as you did when I was a kid, but I I would have had a hard time with that one. I'm not sure what I would have used though. So. You can't you can't say who you're talking about like you nope. can't give an actor
1: away or nope. like But also there's I mean there is another line in the film that the tone of voice, the delivery of it, you, you realize how much baby cares for him when, for Johnny, when she says, I've never felt the way I feel as I do when I'm with you. And I've totally mm-hmm. butchered that, but her voice breaks in the middle mm-hmm. as though mm-hmm. she's going to cry. Yeah. And for me, that was hugely, it made me realize the thing is what you forget when you watch this is how young she is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's an age gap. Yep.
1: But is there much of an age gap i mean how young her character is she's 16, 17 16 17 yeah and how old is he supposed to be don't know he reads
0: he reads to me as 20s like early mid 20s yeah he was be, i mean he was
1: in his 30s when he filmed this
0: right and he reads as a character to me i want to say 23 24 but yeah. it may not be that that's Accurate. That's the thing, I mean, she
1: was getting ready to go to university or Mm. college. So
0: she would have she would have actually probably been 18. And she just reads younger to me.
1: But then she reads far more mature than her sister, who is older than Mm. her. True. True. Her sister's incredibly naive. We have to talk about that for a second. She frustrated me. A lot. Yeah. Because she was so huh what parts she was just so naive and she kept on baby kept on trying to give her advice knowing what she did about Robbie the Mm -hmm. jerk-off waiter she Mm -hmm. tried to give her sister advice without giving away anyone else's secrets Mm -hmm. and her sister was like oh you'd rather I slept with the entire army as long as they were on the right side of the Ho Chi Minh line
0: gotcha gotcha
1: And she is so focused on, I'm going to make you look pretty. Mm -hmm. I need to look pretty. What clothes can I wear? I mean, her first line is, I knew I should have bought the peach pumps.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's who she's supposed to be then. Yeah, that's
1: Mm -hmm. what I mean. She's so shallow. And so Mm -hmm. (sighs)
0: that's the stereotypical good girl, of the sixties.
1: But she's then talking about how she's going to sleep with Robbie
0: again stereotypical good girl Mm Mm-hmm.
1: silly Mm -hmm.
0: the hypocrisy and all that stuff i mean they're making a social commentary
1: yeah as i said as i said earlier i think Mm -hmm. it's a comment a a very big commentary on class Mm -hmm. because one of the first things that baby overhears when she's at the retreat is the owner talking to the wait staff Mm-hmm. saying, I went to Yale and Harvard to get you because I want the best. So mm-hmm. keep the daughters, no matter how beautiful or ugly they are, entertained.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then
1: he tells the dance staff, the entertainment staff, to keep away from the guests unless they're being paid to teach them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So there is a massive evidence that that's massive evidence of the class divide and of course when johnny gets accused of um picking someone's pocket oh Mm -hmm. i'd never believe that of the guests even though they eventually do discover it is these two elderly guests Mm -hmm. so it's it's for me there is i mean there is the element of romance and a lot of the romance is found in the soundtrack Mm -hmm. because you've got hungry eyes time of your life Mm -hmm. be my baby
0: Mm-hmm. Be yeah. Mind
1: Tonight. So many of those songs are an element of sexuality about them as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it it, it kind of is what it is, right? And I think it's, um, I think it's one of those kind of seminal movies that people, especially Gen, Gen Xers and maybe a little bit older, they tend to return to it because it, it makes them nostalgic Mm -hmm. um especially the older generation like the the baby boom generation looks at it and they see it kind of as this nostalgia to a simpler time and not really reading in necessarily into some of the deeper social commentary yeah and then and then for a gen xer like us it's a little more like we can see the social commentary and maybe we appreciate it maybe we don't but it's still a lot of fun because it brings back sort of these memories of enjoying it and learning to dance and all that stuff. And I think that that's fair. You know, I think that making that's really my brother fair. do the mamba. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing with, with the thing for me with dirty dancing and with any movie that has like romance in it, I want the heroine to get what she wants. Right. And she wants Johnny
1: at the end of it. Though, Does she, she actually up, get him?
0: But at the but hold on, let me finish. But and he is kind of like the bad guy, covered up covering up a heart of gold kind of guy, yeah. Right? I mean, he's actually a really good guy, but circumstances and they're like kind of fighting circumstances. And so, I don't have to know beyond, I don't want to know beyond. You said, Did she really get him? I don't want to know. I'm just going to assume she did, even though I know intellectually that no, she did not. No, she went off to college
1: and he went back to whatever whatever.
0: and and that's fine I don't have to know that I got my happily for the next 15 minute ending and
1: that's what I needed Mm. from that movie that's the thing Uh, he even got an apology from her dad right but then then you look to see the thing is you're talking about you want your 15 minute happily ever after you know that she got however temporarily she got what she wanted Mm -hmm. which was him and Mm -hmm. then you travel forward to the 2010s and they remake it on ABC
0: I didn't see that I saw I I saw
1: part of it because it was it was on Amazon on Prime and I saw part of it and it was like no I can't watch the rest of this it's going to destroy Dirty Dancing for me Mm -hmm. because it starts with her in the present time Actually, going to see some musical or other on stage. Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, not going to watch this. It's going to destroy my idea of how Dirty Dancing A went, ended, started, whatever. It's going to destroy all of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think. I don't really want to talk a lot about what I think of Hollywood movies at the moment, but. (laughs) No. But. I'm wondering if this isn't part of a broader problem we have with nostalgia in Hollywood and trying to recapture specifically gen x's childhood and it's not working because when they redo things like this, they destroy um, them, and yeah, they kind of wreck it and so stop, please, <laughs> yeah
1: because <laughs> i, I only- have another
0: I have another podcast and we were talking about movies coming up this year, and it's like sequel sequel, sequel sequel, remake, and I'm like. Stop it. Come up with something different. We need something different, new and interesting. And you rehashing the exact same things we saw in 1983 aren't a great thing.
1: Yeah, isn't Disney now remaking Home Alone?
0: I don't know, but I know that Mulan is coming out.
1: Yeah, they don't even go there. Um they're also doing The Little Mermaid. They have already done um Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Cinderella, there's someone else. I'm sure there's another one. Oh, Dumbo. Um, I would like it if they made something original. There are so many incredible books out there that mm-hmm. they could make into a fantastic film
0: mm-hmm. as long as they're
1: almost loyal to the text because that's mm-hmm. what makes them good. See, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to the
0: Dancing. <laughs> um so what did you think about patrick swayze as an adult watching this movie what do you think about him as our romantic hero yes
1: please um i'm being honest i can now as an adult see what my mum saw in him when she was an adult and i was a child and i'd look at her and i'd say he's no river phoenix (laughs) because i had such a thing for river phoenix in my early teens such a thing for him Mm -hmm. I watched everything that he was in. Mm -hmm. Um, But now as an adult, it's like, I can see what she's talking about now. I really can. I can understand it. Because when you're, seriously though, when you're a teenager, a young teenager, and I was, I was 13, you don't appreciate what a man can do with his hips. (laughs) Do you, really? Well,
0: let me say this. Patrick Swayze's face isn't like I don't look at his face and think oh classically handsome no he has one of those faces that's kind of engaging Mm. if that makes sense yeah I think you have to be at a certain place in your life to be like yeah he's hot Mm
1: -hmm. I think so you do and and
0: there are a lot of of not a lot but there are like there's Chris Evans where Mm. I'm one of those people that if you have a pulse I think you think that he is attractive if you have a pulse right but my mom
1: has a pulse and she said to me this morning oh i don't really find him attractive and it's like are you dead
0: (laughs) okay so except your mom yeah except Um, my mom
1: and a few people i work with and
0: okay so never mind maybe that thesis is incorrect to me chris evans seems very classically attractive does that make sense yeah and then there are other actors that i think are very attractive but they're an engaging kind of attractive that that their attraction is not more universal. Um, The first one that pops to mind for me is Adam Driver. But the one that I noticed even when I was much younger, and and he's a lot older now, Dennis Quaid, man. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that he was so attractive, but they're equal, like double the number of women out there who don't. But he's, Patrick Swayze in that group for me of these sort of, engagingly these men who look very engaging to me but they don't necessarily meet a they're not classically classically handsome
1: but you say that description did you see this week they released the um according to the greek mathematical um, Mm -hmm. theorem Mm -hmm. the most handsome man in the world is robert pattinson
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i saw that I sat back, I looked at it I looked down the list a little bit further And I carried on looking down the list And I'm like, there's no Hemsworth on here There's no Robert Downey Jr. on here There's no Chris Evans on here Uh, Who was like number two? I can't remember It was. I mean Idris Elba was on the list But he was like number eight And I looked at that list and I thought What? Were
0: the people those are the that, greeks those are the greeks maybe they have a well no did they use they use like the divine formula right the divine ratio right yeah
1: even so i i, I don't look at robert patterson and think for ever i don't think i've okay. ever i thought i thought that noise does not sound like a that that noise does not
0: sound like a oh he's hot that's noise sounds different than that what i that, promise
1: what, what for
0: yeah it doesn't that doesn't necessarily sound like a oh. yeah that's not what it sounds like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I dread to think what it sounds like i'm gonna have to look up and see who the um
0: who the list was yeah but because yeah it's annoying that, me. but you know okay so when i watched that move one of the twilight movies i found um
1: here we go robert pattinson is the most handsome man in the world Apparently. Okay. Well, I found him attractive, but not like I don't know. I thought that Henry cavill second.
0: See, to me, he's very classically handsome with that strong jaw But and then you, you that. say that
1: and it's like, but he looks exactly like Matthew Boma. I mean, I actually watched a film the other day and I had to check who it was because I couldn't tell the two apart. And he's not on that I, list. I,
0: I have never thought that but then you've got
1: Bradley Cooper is number three Brad Pitt is number four George Clooney is number five Hugh Jackman is number six David Beckham is number seven that one just was like yeah this list is bollocks um Idris Elba is number eight Kanye West is on this list it's like what he's number nine and number 10 is Ryan Gosling and I'm thinking huh I really, okay, but,
0: but you're applying, but you're applying sort of this formula, right? And one of Kenya the things West that is look, on this list. Okay. But one of the things that you, when you look at like what makes someone handsome or not, a lot of it, you, it's your cultural experience and what you bring to the table. So, um, a lot of women and I'm, I know I'm going to run afoul of what you think in this, at this <laughs> point at some time. I, a lot of women find Benedict Cumberbatch really, really attractive. Whereas I don't necessarily, I mean, he's fine. He's fine. Um, I wouldn't think he's like unattractive, but what is attractive is such a deeply personal thing. Mm. And, and when I say classically handsome, I can look at Robert Pattinson and I think, okay, well, he's, he's good looking man. Um, and he's a handsome man, but he's not the kind of man that I find super attractive because there's not an like an air of like a, a little bit of ruggedness about him. Like I find him pretty has, boy. Right, right. And so and the Greeks really valued that whole pretty boy look. They did. They mm. they did. They valued that really pretty boy. Oh, yeah, look. They did. And so to me, that list makes sense because the men that they put on this list are. Some of them are very handsome, but some of them really do sort of seem to embody this like pretty boy, especially number one on the list seems to embody this pretty boy thing. So I'm not insulting anybody, by the way. I'm not. I I don't No, I know. I'm not not trying to insult anybody.
1: For me, the thing that made Benedict about attractive wasn't his looks, it was his voice.
0: And that's also fair. That's also very fair. So um yeah, alright, well what what else do we want to say About Dirty Dancing, if anything?
1: Don't remake it again, please Yeah uh, Wipe the 2010s 2010 era Remake off your Hard drive and watch the original Because There is nothing better I don't think rem- a remake would do it A remake has done it any favours Mm-hmm um, And if you haven't watched it recently, do watch it through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> Remember why you watched it the first time, because I think for me that is what it was. It was complete nostalgia. Mm-hmm.
0: Like if you watch it with your modern like thoughts and sensibilities in place, it's going to bother you. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, oh definitely. I think
1: I think a lot of films are like that. That you watch them through um, mannequin. I watched, for example, not that long ago. And there were certain things about it that bothered me as a modern woman, Mm -hmm. but it was 1980s, kitschy, Mm -hmm. and the soundtrack was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Soundtrack, you don't say. Yeah. But then 1980s movies did have, that was one thing that 1980s movies had that a lot of movies since have lost.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that was the really good soundtrack. Okay, fair. Fair, all right, cool. Well, is there anything else we need to say? Um, keep on searching for your happily ever after. And next week, uh, the week after next, we're going to be back with um my choice of book, which is Joanna Lindsay's Gentle Rogue. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. All right. Well, do
0: you want to tell people where you they can find you, Ray?
1: They can find me at All About Ray. That's R A Y E on Twitter, and mm-hmm. they can find us at ISN Romance on Twitter
0: wonderful if you're looking for me again you can find me with ray at isn romance on twitter and also you can find me personally at Palmetto blue on twitter and instagram how would you like to sign out
1: today <laughs> i've already said mine but i'm gonna say it again keep on searching for your happily ever after
0: and i would remind you that romance isn't dead it's alive and well on your bookshelf or maybe on your computer bye bye